Genoa. And this is Yusuf. And this is In Flight, In Flight Entertainment. Entertainment. Yes, we are on the, that's the latter half of the Candyman week. And uh, we're about to hit you with the 2021, right? It came out 2021, right? Yes. Kazo was pushed back a few times, but okay. Yeah. So the 2021 Jordan Peele produced Candyman. Yes. And so because of that, uh, we mentioned on Tuesday that we had a guest through the entire week. uh, And Catherine is back with us to dive into the sequel of the 1992 classic. We don't count all the movies in between 92 and 21. It is only about the original and today's Say It Candyman. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, thank you so much for having me on again. I, I'm so excited. I haven't spoken to anybody about this movie yet, so I, I'm so ready. <laughs> yes, yes. Can't yeah, wait. Um, okay, so <clears throat> this movie uh, stars stars Yaya Abdul Mateen II. Uh, he's uh, in Aquaman. He was in Watchmen. Uh, he's he's coming up. Awesome talent. Uh, Tayana Paris uh, is also in it. Nathan Stewart Jarrett, Coleman Domingo, uh, Cal Kaminsky, and Vanessa Williams is reprising her role. Yes. So for those that don't didn't see the original one uh, or don't remember the original one, go back and watch it. Um, yes. But Vanessa Williams plays a young mother that lives in Cabrini Green. And in the original movie, her baby is kidnapped uh, by Candyman and then saved by the white savior character in that movie. Um, (laughs) And so she's reprising her role as that mom in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, Oh, and I have to say, oh, I have to point out that this movie is directed by Nia DaCosta. Remember that name because uh, she she's getting some Disney money because she is filming the Marvels. Uh, I believe it's the Captain Marvel sequel. Yes. Uh, so, so be on the lookout. She's up and coming. Yeah, we it, it, can't we can't wait to see her. She she's she's a very new director. Um, I think this is really her her big movie, her big her first big movie. She did a yeah. Candyman short prior to this, and a couple other little things. But Candyman, the Marvels, and then after that, she's doing the Lincoln Conspiracy. Um, that's uh, going to be a TV series. Yeah, definitely. I'm definitely curious about that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan. So everything she does, I'll be watching from here on out. <laughs> yeah. Um, most definitely. Okay, so <clears throat> in the midst of, you know, theater slowly reopening and things like that, uh, you know, I did not get a chance to see this in theaters. Um, I've seen it uh, on uh, digital. I seen the original 92 version in the theaters, like snuck in that and enjoyed it. <laughs> and I see this in the comfort of you know my home and enjoyed you know watching this also. Uh, even though it was the big theatrical experience, the effect still had to <laughs> it still affect, it affected me the same way. <laughs> 
Yeah, I definitely um, made sure that my family um, sat and watched it with me. Um, and I mean, because it was $20. <laughs> so everybody better watch it. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to make sure that they were all having their eyes on the screen because it's Jordan Peele, you know, and you know, he likes to put a little clues all over the place. So um, it was really cool to be able to have them be like, hold on, rewind for a second. And we're seeing things that we hadn't noticed before. So loved it. Yeah. So. Jordan Peele, um, if folks aren't familiar with him, he is the man behind Get Out, Us. Um, we haven't reviewed Keanu, but we totally need to review it because oh, totally. yeah. it is a fucking fantastic movie. <laughs> oh, most definitely. Uh, oh, he's one half of uh, Key and Peele. Yes, I've also uh, well, I ha- I actually I haven't seen him, but I have seen um, his partner from Key and Peele at Trader Joe's here in Los Angeles. I was I was a little starstruck. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he started out with like Mad TV, right? Do you guys remember that? Yes, show? yes, he started off with Mad TV. I, yeah, I remember him from Mad TV. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's been hustling. He's, he's been- he has been. <laughs> yeah. How short is is Jordan Peele short? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keegan. Keegan Michael Ke- that you've seen. Oh no, at no, no. He was he was tall. He was like he was over six foot. Oh wow! I didn't know he was that tall. I mean, he looked he looked he was looked like he looked like he was about six foot. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, Jordan Peele is short. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Peele. He's only about five seven. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Also, uh, so I just like the '92 film that I uh, talked about, as far as the opening, um, far as credit sequence. I have to tip my hat also to making the opening credit sequence very unique and almost jarring because the camera. Is up angled. So the 92 version, it was God's God's eye view. God's eye view, you're like you're looking down, everything just symmetric and it's like, but in this one, the camera is up at kind of like an overcast, cloudy sky where Bill is cutting through this haze of clouds. And it almost and it has a slight almost spinning type movement to it. So it's almost like you're going into a vortex of something, so to speak, to the point where you can't really separate the buildings from the sky. Um, I Yeah, a, another sequence, I'm like, uh, uh, bravo. Like, you managed to do something unique aerial-wise with this movie. And, uh, yeah. Well, and I love that you just pointed that out because just as you were talking about that, I'm like, that's exactly what was going on is like, there was a sense of vertigo and, you know, knowing that they're just so um, deep. Um, There's a woman by the name of Dr. Um, Valerie Thomas, and um, she came up with this um, theory of um, vertigo for Mm African-Americans, you know, that we're always in this perpetual sense of, um, you know, not really having grounding, you know, because when we are really solid, something knocks us off. And then what is there to to really ground onto? And so it's kind of going further with the idea that James Baldwin had spoken about, you know, living in the duality of everything. This goes further, like you really do have like this loss of, of grounding. And, you know, there's this um, 
definitely just vertigo where you just can't really get everything balanced. Um, so I love that you brought that up because that's exactly what's going on here is like, especially when you're going through this movie is it really is a conscious sense of vertigo as you're going through the backstories and you're trying to parallel it with the old movie, with the new movie. And you're just, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. That's the first thing I noticed. Like, wow. Like to, to kind of visually let you know, just watching in like the beginning credits, what the theme of this movie, like the the, the 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 running motif, so to speak, in a movie is visually about what you're looking at. It's just that's old school. That's just old school Hitchcockian type filmmaking right there. Well, and it does a nice job of reiterating through cinema everything that has been going on culturally for the past two years. Um, that the media has finally been featuring. And so it allows the white audience to, to put themselves into those shoes that we, we have, haven't necessarily paid attention to until the media has started to bring it to our attention recently. Right. The right way, but begrudgingly far as on the media. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they bring a lot of stuff to you, but you know, is it necessary like the, through the right lens? Most like mostly not, but you know, but yeah, like you were saying now, like they, it's undeniable, especially the stuff that's been happening past year with you know, you know, with George Floyd stuff like that. It's like okay, there's no way to spin or have us a, a slant on what happened. Like this is what happened. Like the Rodney King being there's a video. It's undeniable. There's no way to spin this. You know? so, yeah. So, yeah, it's like having that. Yeah. This is what's happening, guys. As much as you know, some media allies will want to try to spin into something else. Like, no, this is what's happening. This is what happened. This is the reaction. <laughs> and this is the trauma that's going on. You know, yeah, it definitely bookends um, 1992 because, you know, 1992, Rodney King happens, that movie comes out, George Floyd happens, this movie comes out, bookends right there. Um, and the depth that they pull from just the 30 years between that, it's just phenomenal. <laughs> Mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely one that you have to watch over and over, which is like kind of how Jordan Peele's movies are anyway. But you definitely have to watch it again and again to see everything that they load into it. Yeah. And and he does a really great job of bringing that voice of the the black experience to cinema so that it feels safe for the white audience to go watch. Well, and I also love how he also calls on us black people because, you know, there's that whole thing where they're like, you're guilty of gentrification as well. You know, well, Mm -hmm. that we're, you know, black people who do have the money to go into these gentrified areas. And so rather than staying out in protest, some of us go into those bougie areas, you know, and so we're just as guilty as white people going in there just because we're, we're artists to elevate it. Well, it's still being consumed for them. It's not artistry that we are producing for everybody else. And so again, going back to that book of the delectable Negro, it's like consumption, consumption, consumption. Yes. And just, it just, 
And oh God, you just just put the pen right on that. Okay, so the the one of the characters in this movie, right? She like she was like the gallery curator or something. Like yeah, that, or I forgot she was. Yeah, and just what you're saying, the consumption of like the black experience. You know, yeah. it was like even she's trying to tell this black man, like, hey, you know, this is you know this is contrived. This, you know, it's like yeah, like. You can do better. It's almost. But she didn't know. care. She didn't care about it. And she was all snooty when she went yeah. to the first. But then once there was murder and hype, she's like, oh, you're fascinating. Again, consuming him when he's like, he was getting drunk that night after she tore him apart, you know, mm-hmm. but now he's in, you know. So right. again, it's like that, you know, they want the rhythm. They like our, our rhythm, but they don't like our blues, you know, where it's like yeah. that cherry picking of things that we bring to the table. Yeah. As, as Paul, as Paul Mooney, Made recipes. I had like the, the best saying about that. He said, he said uh, <laughs> he's like, everybody want to be a nigga, but, no, but nobody want to be a nigga. <laughs> yes, seriously. That, it's like, we're like, too cool until we're not cool. What the hell's up with that? You walking with us? Keep up. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah, we want to be all, but we don't want to be all. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, in that scene right there, just it feeds right into what you're saying about it. And it was really interesting. And also the main character, his, his look, right? Mm-hmm. Like how he dressed. It, it, it looked very, very kind of like hipster. hipsterish oh, yeah. or the tight pants. And it, it was like, all right, like you could tell just in his appearance, like he's, uh-huh. yeah, he's, he's a contradiction, right? He's like, he's a walking contradiction. Well, and then also his girlfriend's brother brought it up saying, you know, you're part of the issue, too. And they were like, excuse you. So, I mean, they bring it up a few times of, um, you know, well-paid African-Americans taking those spaces and not bringing other people in. It's just we're in that element then and allowing people to be like, oh, this is so vanguard rather than, you know. (laughs) And so he can draw pictures of all the nooses he wants, but he's distanced himself so much. You know, so it's like, what what community is he part of, and is he exploiting and doing the consumption himself? Right, which kind of feeds into maybe like uh, almost how um, the Virginia Madison character like initially approached like the Candyman lore, right? Uh, yeah, so I was like, I was just going to say that Yusuf is it's that <laughs> his character. So the main character that we're following in the in the new Candyman is uh anthony anthony mccoy and he's an artist and he starts to paint about the candy man whereas in the original movie we hear the candy man story being told through the uh thesis that the virginia madison character is writing so it's still telling the candy man story but it's coming at it from a new perspective a new way which fits into the way that we look at things now. We, we look at it a little more visually. We need things to be short and quick. And art is able to do that for us, unlike a long thesis. Yeah. And it also makes that commentary of like, you know, skin folk isn't always kin folk, you know. And so, yeah, he's black. But does he, you know, really work with the community and contribute to the community? And, you know, it's like, how does he work within his communities? You know, is he living in duality or is he just in the white world? Um, so it, I just, again, all of those social commentaries, just genius. <laughs> yeah. And it is kind of like now you can use the Candyman lure in this particular story to remind 
the black main character about black trauma, you know, and trying to distance him, trying to trying to distance himself away from, you know, what what makes him or what make his community what it is, you know. Uh, and it seems like, yeah. No, go ahead. It seems what like what? No, no. I'm just saying, like, just kind of like you know how how we see him at the beginning. To me, like when I watched it, it was like Candyman. Candyman was a metaphor of him, like reminding our main character of like where he comes from, who he is. Like, have a way you paint or try to cloak your art into something else. It's coming from trauma. It's coming from where you, you know, your ancestors. It's coming from that. And, for you, and to not block that off and just write it off like, oh, you know, just art for art. There's nothing that comes within me from generations that spills out into expression, right? And then to actually sit on your hands and have outside people like the white gallery person, you know, check this person's expression, Black expression, mind you, you know, to like, okay, well, all right, whatever. It's kind of go about his business and get drunk. So I don't know, to me, I think in this Candyman, the Candyman was a metaphor for the reminder of Black trauma in the lens of the Black community that's trying to forget about. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up because that's so seen when the um, the brother is telling them the story of it. And I'm like, that's not the whole story. Where's the whole story? You know, but again, they have bigger things to, you know, broaden out later on. But we're given just the, the Cabrini Green part of it and not the Daniel um part of it. And so it's interesting to also see how that story morphed and you get to see how urban legends get to shift and the perspectives get shifted to the point where you're like, that's not really what happened. You know, so like, what is the real story? You know, um, and I loved that we didn't have to have more trauma when we did get to Daniel's story because it was done in the cutouts. And so we were given this traumatic story without actually seeing the brutality that we saw in the first movie. And so, especially with everything that we've been witnessing the last few years, I so appreciated that I didn't have to see yet another black man getting tortured um, on screen, you know, so the cutouts really were able to give that chilling story without re-traumatizing what I already know and what I've experienced my own life but um yeah it avoided the trauma porn yeah right from you know from watching unfortunately all of the videos of how police and the karens interact with people of color that has become like trauma porn that's on social media and i mean for me it's one of the reasons why i'm less on social media because that just keeps feeling like it's elevated versus what can you do? And so having those shadow puppets in here, I mean, it reminded me of the movie, the Babadook, um, (laughs) but it also was a very effective way of adding that second story. Um, And then Catherine, you're talking about the scene where the brother is talking about the, the, the evolved story of the candy man, which that scene in itself is amazing because it mirrors the scene in the first movie where you have the old white dude talking about the original Candyman story. It's just, it's such a, it's taking that original mansplainer scene from the first one and moving it to a, this is what it means for us as a culture. Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I did, and I didn't even break it down like that. However, you look at it that way, it's a, you know, you, you brought it to me that way. And that was definitely a very unique, unique way of retelling the story. Uh, you know, but the people that's, you know, that's already that's in the community that's that live with the lore and not the outsider looking in like the Virginia Madison character in uh, uh, the first Candyman. Yeah, I thought that was pretty unique. And like I said, not not just because I'm sure it's maybe some people that have not seen this. Like, I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil oh, the revelations and stuff. Oh, we're not <laughs> There's a piece. Okay, I, I, won't, I won't say nothing. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the revelation is just too whoa for it's people. So good. It's I so know. good. It's so good. Normally, we're, yes. Normally, we're all about giving spoilers, but I agree. Oh. You should not okay, give me the scratch that off my list. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> But okay, so next year, next year. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, we're revisiting this. <laughs> yeah. So, but can we talk about the the use of the bees in the first one versus the use of the bees in the new one? So, I felt like in the first one, the bee was just sort of an element of Candyman. Um, it wasn't used as a tease or a like he's coming. It was just sort of a creative element because bees are. Uh, attracted to sweetness um except for in the final scene where bees are in um his mouth and he transfers his his essence onto virginia madison's character but in this one the bees are a sign that something really bad is going to happen which i thought was amazing there's a scene in the high school bathroom where the like these five white high school girls don't believe in the Candyman legend. And so they say Candyman five times. And then you have the black girl that comes in to use the toilet and she's sitting in the toilet while they start being murdered and you don't see them being murdered. Uh, but you see the bees coming in to highlight that something bad's going to happen. Then you see the blood everywhere. And it's just like that scene was brilliantly done, especially for people that are squeamish about lots of blood. Mm. Yeah, but I, it made me wonder, though, like, OK, so like the bees were kind of trapped in the image. And then in this movie, we see that um, Candyman is always an image. But I thought like he he was visible with the first one. So, like, how do we get it where now it's like only if you see like from um, a reflection of a window or a mirror, whereas before he was just showing up. There was no mirror or my. So Wait, if you watch the original Candyman, the new Candyman, and then you go back and watch the original, like I've done. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. I, I think it's because she may have been related to him. Oh, and right. so the Candyman for everyone else is wow. in the mirror. It's a picture. It's an essence. But for her, because she was related, he was a phys physical entity that she could tap into. Right. Yeah. I, was, I was just like, I don't get it. <laughs> Why? Right. Yes. Yeah. Because it was a more intimate pursuit between Candyman and the Virginia Mass character. So, yeah. Opposite. Are like you saying the new one? Just like thin mirror and poop. Here you come. Like he was the bona fide boogeyman most of this, this version of it, 
right? Yes, you but know. it's so interesting because before he was always the black man's boogeyman, but mm-hmm. like it's no longer a black issue. And I love how they transformed that where like he's truly white supremacy's boogeyman now. It's like, it's your problem, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I might have oh a little bit, I'm sorry, but I had to say that part. <laughs> no, yes. I mean, the, and it's, he's also like, the weapon you can use against cops, like the scene where she's in the police car and she's like, can I have the mirror for a second? And it's just like fucking brilliant. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, if I was in the theater, I probably would have like stood up and just started like clapping. So as he, so she said, "Can I look? Can I, can I see myself in the mirror?" I'm like, yes. yes. Uh, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, again. Hats off to the oh. director of this movie yeah. because the things we're we're saying in this movie visually, uh, the artistic choices of using the shadow puppets as mm-hmm. you know the retelling you know of the Candyman origin that if people haven't seen the '92 version, like okay, well here's here we go, we're gonna tell y'all again, but in another you know unique way of doing it, you know, like you said, without the trauma porn. You know, and also how they how she did the kills in this movie was very, very unique because mm-hmm. when you see the kills, like it's not in your face. It's always from like a perspective. It's always almost like a a further back perspective. It's like mm-hmm. uh, when the when the when the gallery lady, you know, gets took in. You know, it kind of pans out. It's almost like you're looking from across the street from another building. From a almost, window. Almost, almost peeping Tom like, you know, you kind of, mm-hmm. but it's not in the room. It's like you're from the outside of the building, but you see her getting flung around in her apartment and blood kind of going everywhere. It's like, okay, like it's it's very unique. Like, yeah, people get killed, but what I really appreciate when directors, do it in a unique way. Like, of course, you're going to get your kills, but if you do it in a unique, clever way, it's like, I, I respect your art even more, you know, instead of yeah. like having just violent porn. Like, get, 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 get. It was or, very you know, unique. Like because, I mean, Squid Game was just all in your face, like just brutality oh. all over. I mean, well, that's that's that's, that's, that's crazy. But that's just crazy Korean craziness. But awesome. But I mean, it's refreshing to see that, you know, you're not just being submerged in it. And it is kind of like the Hitchcock kind of thing of like from the window, you know, there's that space, which is very appreciating. <laughs> so and like what Jen was said with the bathroom scene, like mm-hmm. we did, like we don't come out of that stall with the black girl. Like we're experiencing from her perspective. Mm-hmm what's happening in the bathroom. Like we're seeing, you know, you know, the girls fall in and kind of being drugged over here to over there. It's like, you know, we're seeing it from the perspective of under the stall. Like we don't come out of that perspective. And that's what makes it more like claustrophobic and jarring a little bit because you're waiting for that close up of that, but you don't see it. Like you just, you stuck in that stall and you're seeing all the bloody carnage from that limited perspective. And I thought that was really it also like, especially the bathroom scene, it it does the thing where when you're at home watching a movie in the dark and you're by yourself and you're you know that the boogeyman isn't going to come out and jump. But when you're watching a scary movie, you feel like the boogeyman can jump out at you. So being in the bathroom stall with her 
and her having the door closed and not being able to know with if or when something's going to come out for her um, also puts the viewer in her shoes, um, both in a like visual way and physical way when you watch it at home alone. Absolutely. I agree. Agree. Totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, definitely. They, they definitely built upon a lot of, you know, uh, groundwork that was laid down in 92 movie and i mean they just you know took it and they made it, made it relevant like Captain said made it relevant for the now you know a lot well of elevated things. it to a whole new level i mean like yes. a whole another level i mean <laughs> i was just like my jaw was dropping so many times going you go boy you did that oh my god <laughs> so, i'm a writer so like from that perspective i was like i wish i was that brilliant you know but just the way that they're able to just bring some of those little pieces left from 92 and then just accentuate it to a whole other level. Um, it's, it's definitely a mind movie. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about like when he starts deteriorating and he starts getting like all those bumps on his face and there's kind of like the holes, like a, a honey hive kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's yep. also like the, um, do you know that, that fear of holes, like a uh, tripod? Yeah, I forgot the name of it. I what is it, general? You should know. <laughs> yeah, tripophobia is what my son because um, he was like starting to itch himself. He's like, Ugh, I'm like, hang in there. It's going to be over. But it was like, it's just so interesting where he becomes also like the honeycomb, you know? And um, if we're looking at, you know, just what sweetness has in our life um, and what it's done to the whole world, you know, once sugar was uh, discovered, slavery just fell into it. Like they were wanting more and more sugar. And so within the 1400s, we see mass shipping of sugar cane and all these sugar cane plantations and people just could not get enough sugar. Well, here we are in 2021, you know, one of the most diabetic countries in the world and we're always having our sugar, you know, and so I just, there's all that stuff that was just swimming through my mind. And then of course he's, you know, the other guy that's thought of to be the candy man starts um, singing that song um, candy man can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then got the razor and the candy. So that's like bringing in the latest urban legends that we've had, you know, since the eighties and stuff. It's just, mm-hmm. there's just so much again, that the college class, like this could be a college class. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, there you go. That you have, you have a, a day to, there's like a curriculum right there. Like, Hey, it really we're, bring, we're bringing out horror movies. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and so there's, there are a number of um, parallels to the original one, which was why this movie, like watching it right after I watched the original one was just, it was so perfect. Um, you know, we talked about Virginia going to visit Cabrini Green as the like tourist. And we have the main character going back to, so Cabrini Green was actually torn down in 2011, but there's still some row houses there. Um, and so we have Anthony's Anthony McCoy, the painter. He goes back to that same same neighborhood where the row houses are left to talk about to talk to some of the original folks that live there. So he he's playing that tourist um, scene camera. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, just just brilliant ideas all around. As far as the execution of. You know, because right now you always have that cringy 
moment when you hear announcements of like movie, oh, they're bringing this back or they're rebooting this or they're reimagining that. You're like, oh, uh, why? But I mean, <laughs> watch it. It's like, okay, more like this, please. Like, you yeah. got to give, the, you got to have a concrete reason to bring these like classics back, you know, like the, like if you really have something to say in context of what was already established in the, you know, the older film, by all means, give it a shot. And they did it very well with Kenny because they had a lot more to say and tied into and expand the lore of the Candyman uh, myth or mythology or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that and like hats off to him for actually sitting down like, okay, what's a logical reason to bring Candyman back now? You know, what things Especially now, we- like what would exactly. have been the reason? And so for them to totally have it twisted where it's just really not what you expect or what it's not your grandma's cooking anymore. It's like <laughs> it totally got flipped. And I loved that because it's like we're reclaiming and we're no longer just accepting, you know, what we've been told. We're actually you know, switching it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would like uh, Jordan Pale's Get Out and Us and this movie, it feels like they're, I know they're completely different stories, completely different timelines, universes, but they feel like a trio that you need to watch together to get the the full experience of what's happening to Black Americans. Definitely. Which I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, he's kind of like in Night Shyamalan, where it's like, you know, what are you doing? Because like four movies later, you're like, I see what you did, bastard. You know, <laughs> you're kind of still waiting. <laughs> like, I don't think yeah. he's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but then, but you hope that Peel don't, you know, stumble like Shyamalan did. Um. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know, but I think with Jordan Peel, I, I, I feel he won't tackle a project if it's not trying to say something. Absolutely. I, I don't know. That's what, that's like my impression, like his projects and the thing and a project that he, uh, you know, produce or directs or, you know, or write or, you know, be a part of or put in his production company. Yeah. I, I, I hope you keep it up because it's like, yeah. there's, there's a lot of nuance that can spark the conversation for people who, are afraid to engage to get better understanding of black experience. Like, hey, we can use it in a different, um, you know, a different medium. Like G. Roddenberry, bless his soul, rest in peace. That's why he did Star Trek because he wanted it to touch upon different social things, but in the realm of sci-fi. Uh, and I think that's what Jordan Peele is doing within the you know horror. It's like, hey. You, Here's the black experience, y'all. But we're gonna, I'm gonna make it palpable, but I'm gonna put some nuance to it to make you think about some shit. Um, so yeah. Well, and what I love is like it really is like come as you are, you know. So if you're a beginner in this and you're just starting to realize, you know, or if you've been in this and you're like kind of sick of it, and then if you're at the end where you're just like, I need to know that someone else understands what the hell's going on here. So like, no yeah. matter where you're at in your journey, like there's something for you all to be able to go and get something, and then be able to discuss it to connect your your missing parts. Amen to that. Yeah. So he he has he has another horror movie coming out um, next summer called Nope, but there's no details on it beyond the cast. So oh yeah, I, I heard about that. 
So we have Get Out, Us, Nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard, I don't know, it's rumored, but it's, I heard it's rumored that all the title of his movies has got to sub up a sentence. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm like, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, this depends on how many movies he's going to make. You know, it's going to it's going to be a paragraph or like at the end of the, all his filmographies. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what's our uh, ratings? So uh, sit on the sofa, watch it, pay that $20 to Amazon because that's where it's available right now, guys. Uh, do something else around the house or go outside and take on the crazies. Um, I mean, for me, it's sit, sit on the sofa. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. I've told people that aren't into horror movies that they need to go watch it. Um, I can't wait for it to be available to purchase. So I don't have to keep renting it because <laughs> I, I need to own this movie. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, Totally. I mean, no, it's a terrible movie. Terrible. No, <laughs> no, this movie is brilliant. And like, and I always say, you know, you got to have a reason to bring back beloved classes. And they had a perfect reason to bring back the Candyman lore and bring it into the now. And it's and it's it's all and it's crazy because it's, it's it's a situation where the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? And if you watch ninety two. And this one, and to Catherine's point, we're talking about, you know, Roddy King and Floyd's like the endless circle that needs to be addressed. It's insanity, and it is causing us vertigo, you know, and it's time for us to be grounded. We, you know, this is our fucking country. We've been born, raised here, and, you know, but why do we not feel grounded in our own country? You know, that there's definitely some issues there. So um, he definitely uh, did not waste our time or our money. And definitely, it's not just a sit in your couch. You got to lounge, you know, get that rewind button going on. Because there's going to be little slides that you're going to be missing, um, definitely in the reflections. So definitely a sit down and enjoy movie. Agreed. Definitely. Well, Another unanimous three butts down on a cow stone. Check out Candyman, uh, the 2021 version. Um, and follow Jenna's uh, advice. If you haven't seen the 92 or if you've seen the 92, watch the 92 and follow it right up with the 2020. Because Jenna text me like, did you watch Candyman? I'm like, no, not yet. It's like, watch the 2000, watch the 92 and immediately watch the 2021 version. Trust me. I was like, all right. I was like, yes. <laughs> yes yeah. And and then if you have another like 90 minutes to kill, watch the original one again because there's so many things that you can like connect. Like, oh, it's just it's so good. And, and it's not a remake. It is a sequel. It's it a sequel. sequel. And it's intellectually stimulating. Like just the things that just get drifts over you. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. You know, so I just keep on saying brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, that's all I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> agreed, agreed. Yeah, so there you have it, guys. Candy Band 2021. Uh, we suggest it. Uh, we strongly suggest that you check it out. You know, support some good deep thought-provoking horror movies. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So we will see you guys next week. Until then, we wish everyone safe physical distancing and listen to the scientist. Get a booster. <laughs> Get the <a> booster. <laughs> yes.
Peace.